freaks happy friday the 13th are you living for it are you dying for it i am feeling very festive myself i'm in a great mood yeah before i get into what this week's episode is about though you could read the description and you know spoil it for yourself i guess um but before i get into it i just wanted to talk about some updates with the pod um I have been working on the website, tweaking it a little bit, trying to set up a like subscription service type dealio where you can um, put your email address in on the website and then you will get, you know, emails about new episodes and other type content. I also want to start doing a written blog to go along with every week. Maybe I'll do that like twice a week. Um, I don't know, just just wanted to, to communicate with you guys some more. So if you're interested in getting involved with that, I'm calling it The Freak Show. So if you want to sign up for The Freak Show, please just uh, head over to the website, freaksandshriekspod.com. And of course, I will put a link down below. So in addition to the blog on the website, I have also finally created a letterboxed account for myself. So from here on out, I'm going to try to log all the movies that I watched or that I will watch. Um, yeah, I'm very late to the party on this, um, but I think it's going to be fun. So if you want to add me on Letterboxd or however that works, I don't know, I'm still figuring it out. If you want to help me figure out Letterboxd, I would love that too. Um, my username on there is Freakanova. Um, and I will also tag myself below. Um, I hope y'all listened to last week's podcast episode. I'm really proud of it. I had uh, one of my closest friends of all time, Lexi, on the podcast. Uh, we've known each other for over 10 years. And she knew so much about Ghostbusters. It really saved my ass because even watching the movie, I'm like... <sighs> I don't get it, but she loves that movie. So I'm really glad I could have her on the pod to talk about it. And I just think uh, it went really well. We have a great rapport. If I do say so myself, I'm like, damn, do I need to be starting a podcast with Lexi? I don't know. Look out for that in the future. I'm definitely going to have to have her on again. But like she said, she doesn't really watch horror movies. So, but I think this podcast would be a great way for people like Lexi and anyone else who just doesn't really like horror movies, but are a little bit curious as to like, what happens in them but knows they can't handle watching them like listen to the podcast I really try to sanitize things and not be too like egregious so anyway <laughs> um but we went to a screening of Ghostbusters last week and then we talked about Ghostbusters on the pod and then a couple of days later we went to uh, Cherry Bomb Tattoo in downtown Manhattan um, fuck, what was our, oh, our artist's name was Scout. Yeah, our artist's name was Scout, and she gave us these little matching ghosty tattoos. They're so cute. I'm obsessed with them. Um, pictures of those are on the Instagram. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram, too. I really want to get the party started over there, um, you know, so please check out the Instagram. Um, okay, without further ado, this week I wanted to follow a similar format to last week in that I just wanted to do a really, really deep dive into one movie in particular. Um, I hope you don't mind that it's just us two today, just you and I, baby. Um, but I want to talk about not only one of my favorite horror movies, but one of my favorite films of all time, Jennifer's Body from 2009. Hello. <laughs> I mean, this... I mean, I think a lot of us are in agreement now that this movie fucking rocks, but it got so snubbed when it came out and it still doesn't have like 
good reviews like its IMDb rating is like a 5.5 out of 10 and I'm like this is a 10 out of 10 movie for me I can watch it over and over and every scene is just better than the last it is amazing so I'm gonna talk about that today. Um, a couple years back, I made a little uh, Jennifer's Body playlist, um, and I've kind of been tweaking it a little bit every year since, but that is on my Spotify, so if you're interested in that, I will link that below and on the blog and on the Instagram, so if you wanna like listen to some, uh, some bisexual pop punk jams to really get you in the mood, um, highly suggest that. Um, okay, I also want to tell you about, <laughs> before I get started watching the movie, I'm definitely not going to be playing a drinking game as I watch this, because frankly, I don't even, do people actually play drinking games where, like, they take a shot? Because that seems like too much, but also just, like, taking a sip seems like too little, but I don't know. I've, I've watched Jennifer's Body with a lot of people throughout the years, and I've come up with a drinking game of my own, and I will share it with you now. From what I can remember, it goes like this. You drink every time you hear the song Through the Trees, which is, if it's your first time watching, you definitely have to have someone who's seen it before because before you get introduced to like the song in the movie, it's going to be playing in the soundtrack. Um, so drink every time you hear that song. Drink every time there is a, a homoerotically charged moment. You drink every time Jennifer says something problematic and you drink every time someone dies. And that's only four things, but it'll, I think it'll keep you pretty tipsy throughout because uh, there's kind of a little bit of that in every scene. Um, but yeah, so what I'm going to do today, I'm literally going to watch a scene or two and then I'm going to come he on here and talk about it. And I'm just so, so excited because I could gush about this movie all day long. Um, and anyway, thank you for listening. Let's get into it. So our lead actresses are, of course, Megan Fox, who plays Jennifer, and um, Amanda Seyfried, who plays Needy, which is a nickname for, um, like, Anita, but they call her Needy because I think it's a dig that Jennifer, like, gave her early on, and now it's just her nickname, but it is... It still kind of stings. It's like it's like Shirley said. It's a bumblebee nickname. It sounds cute, but it stings, you know, because it makes her sound needy. But anyway, so we open up with um, Jennifer in her bedroom. Um, she's just she's Megan Fox, so she's hot, but she's looking rough. Like sh her skin is not looking good. She looks tired. She's like chewing on her hair. She's just like totally zoned out watching infomercials, but she's in this like, you know, typical teenage girl bedroom. She's got all these like posters on her wall of like Fall Out Boy and like other bands. And she's wearing like leg warmers. And um, then we see Amanda Seyfried's face just like appear in the window and when Jennifer like turns on her side to look out the window she's no longer there and we hear Amanda Seyfried's voice and she says hell is a teenage girl which what a way to start because so true and that's basically the premise of the entire movie um so then we see Needy in jail she is like in a hospital gown doing like crafts and she says that like she um she has all these fans now and she's kind of the shit because people send her like all this fan mail now um but like you know she's having a rough time because she's in prison and it sucks and um she's walking out into like the the like exercise yard wearing these like giant floofy bunny slippers and she goes to like hit the um 
the thing, the uh, the ball, the tether ball, um, and it comes untethered. <laughs> um, and then we see her like in the dining hall, and she's just got like one pop tart on her tray, and she's like, "Oh yeah," she says that um, in prison. She thinks that they're trying to wear them out and keep them sluggish, so they won't be an up there, so that there won't be an uprising. And she says that that's not going to work against her because she's a kicker. K-I-C-K-E-R. It even says so on her chart. And then we see her in the dining hall and this woman in like a lab coat comes up and she's like, you probably need to like eat more than a Pop-Tart if you're going to like feel healthy. Um, and, you know, she responds by kicking her in the chest fucking hard. So she like flies across the dining hall um, and has a tooth knocked out. And she says, I think you should shut the fuck up and <laughs> spits in her face. And then she gets like carried away kicking and screaming and she gets put in solitary. And um, while she's in there, we hear through the trees for the first time. So take a drink. Um, she hears it like through the speakers, these just like shitty speakers and she like covers her covers her ears with her hands and she's like I hate this fucking song okay yeah then we get our introduction to devil's kettle and she's like you know we live in a town called devil's kettle um and it sounds twisted but it's really just named after this waterfall but then she goes on to say that this waterfall has like this little this like hole in it and stuff goes in but they don't know where it ever comes out of and she's like you know, maybe it's another dimension or maybe it's just really deep. And it's like, okay, if your name, if your town is named after this like freaky ass waterfall, that is pretty twisted because it's called devil's kettle because they can only assume that it leads to hell. But anyway, so we get introduced to the town and this freaky waterfall that, um, is a huge mystery to everyone. So then we hear the song, I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you by, uh, the black kids, um, which is just such a fucking jam. And this leads us in to meeting Jennifer in all her glory. And I just have to say this. Jennifer was on the color guard. I'm even looking at IMDb right now. And this movie is like the synopsis says a newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus, blah, blah, blah. She is not a cheerleader. She is on the color guard. She is not a cool, popular girl. She has not been relevant four years like she is one of those girls that got hot in middle school and then you know explored her sexuality and everyone started hating her for being a slut or whatever but by the time she's like a senior in high school or whatever she is not hot shit she is on the color guard (laughs) and I think this is very important because it's like it's it just goes to like a fundamental misunderstanding of Jennifer's character that this movie was even like marketed in this way. And I just think it's insulting that they would call her a cheerleader when she is clearly waving flags around, you know, um, and as someone who had uh, their bisexual awakening because of a girl on color guard I just think it's important that we that we specify that detail. OK, um, anyway. So Needy is watching Jennifer perform at this pep rally. Um, Her boyfriend Chip is also like in the drum line on the band in the band. And he's like, you know, also on the basketball court. But Needy is just looking at Jennifer and, you know, waves at her. And, you know, uh, a 
another student like accuses her of being lesbian gay and she's like what she's my best friend and she's like sure Jan um but you know it's like they're obviously in love and she's like doing a voiceover and she's like sandbox love never dies like they've been friends since they were so little and even though like she's such a dork and Jennifer's such a babe like they're still best friends because they have been forever um and then in the hallway Jennifer is like we need to go out tonight I want to see this band um, I've been stalking their MySpace, MySpace page and the lead singer is super hot. So like we have to go. Um, and Needy is like, no, like I promised Chip, my boyfriend, that I'd hang out with him. And Jennifer's like, boo, cross out Needy. Um, and because Needy is absolutely in love with her, she can't say no. So she's like, okay, fine. You know what time? Um, and Jennifer's like, I'll pick you up at eight. Wear something cute, <laughs> which is like... Um, and then Needy explains that like cute means like she has to look hot but she can't outshine Jennifer because that's just the nature of their relationship and the thing is is like Needy couldn't outshine Jennifer if she tried I don't think but Needy's or Jennifer's obviously like insecure and you know needs to be the hot one you know and you know Needy has a boyfriend so she's you know Jennifer is more on the prowl anyway but whatever and then we have Little Lovers So Polite by the Silver Sun Pickups as the song that leads us into the next scene. Another jam for sure. So then we see Needy getting ready for the concert or whatever. Um, and she's wearing and like her boyfriend is hanging out with her in the room and she's like wearing this top that like, you know, in like the early 2000s when you like wouldn't really expose your midriff, but you'd expose like the area like below that, like just above your um, actual crotch. Um she's she's wearing one of those looks and she's like this is my rock look and he's like obviously like insecure that she's wearing that but she like doesn't care at all and is not going to change and they're just very sweet like it's a dynamic where it's like okay yeah he's obviously like a little insecure but she's not going to take it to heart and at the end of the night they're just like they're cute and they like each other and they're nice to each other and it's adorable but then you know Jennifer shows up to pick Needy up and she's like you know I've got the whip till 1130 like a 2003 Chrysler Sebring and she's like she's like Jennifer has such a like a good sense of humor about herself because like she's very you know glamorous and hot and sexy but it's also like she lives in the Midwest and she's like, you know, lower middle class. And she's like, I got my mom's car for the night. Cause he's on a date with the guy from the ham store. And I'm not even gonna like say, woe is me about it. I'm going to act like it's the most fabulous thing. Um, and I just love that about her. She's a very like seize the opportunity type of girl. Um, but, uh, her and needy are like, you know, bantering in the doorway and Jennifer like says something gross about the two of them, uh, like Needy and Chip having sex. And Needy is like, you're gross. And she like pushes her and they like push each other back and forth for a second until uh, Jennifer pushes Needy just like a little bit too hard. And she like, you know, hits the wall and it's very like erotically charged, but it's also like, you know, don't fuck with Jennifer. Like she is the dominant one, <laughs> you know, she's gonna, she's gonna start the fight and she's gonna end the fight. Um, and that's just like their dynamic. Um, and so then they head off to go to this club called Melody Lane where they're going to see this band. So we arrive at Melody Lane, which is this just like very small town, small time, bar it's gross it's grimy and you know Jennifer and Needy are walking in and there are a couple of people they go to school with there you know there's like a football player and a foreign exchange student and um you know Jennifer has something 
nasty to say about each of them, which I was thinking about. She has a dig for every male character in the movie. She's a bitch to all of them. And of course, she's also a bitch to Needy because that's her best friend. And it's like, I'm definitely not saying that Jennifer is a girl's girl, but she doesn't really like seem to like dig on any of her like, you know, female uh, peers. So I think that's a little bit respectable, but she is fucking boy crazy. You know, she is a horny 17 year old girl and, you know, <laughs> and who would show up at the bar, but Chris Pratt, everyone, everyone forgets that the Chris Pratt makes an appearance in this movie. Of course, he's a cop, you know, he's wearing a baseball cap and some aviators um, and he pulls a cigarette out of Jennifer's hand and he's like, you can't smoke that in here. And she like grabs his balls and is like, oh, are you going to cuff me? And he's like, we can't do that here. And she's like, yeah, you're like not even out of the academy yet. Like you're just, you know, a cadet. Um, and then we see the band show up and the band seems to be just like three or four guys and they're all wearing guy liner. They all have these matching crescent moon tattoos, which are very visible, you know, and Jennifer is just obsessed with them. Um, and she is like, okay, needy, like we have to go talk to them. Like we're going to be their groupies and needy's like, no. And Jennifer just like grabs her tits and she's like, you have all the power. Just point these wherever you want to go and you'll be fine just like literally you're hot trust yourself everything's great but you know she holds on to her titties for quite a while there a minute and you know um needy loves it um <laughs> so they're going to talk to the lead singer who is played by none other than adam brody and he's like chewing gum the entire time acting like a total prick and jennifer is just like totally goony eyed for him which i totally understand i get it girl um but she's like, I'm going to buy you a drink. And even though she has like a sharpied X on her hand, she is able to get them like some shots. And it's so funny. It's a 9-11 tribute shooter. It's like a red, white and blue thing. Um, and when, when she brings it back over, she's like, oh, man, Tower One isn't full enough, which I think is hilarious. But um needy like hangs back and she's playing pinball and while jennifer's getting the drinks she hears these guys talking about her and they're like look she she's the type of girl who loves to show it off but she's not going to give it up like she's absolutely a virgin like why did we come out here tonight you know like this is like basically this is our prey is what he's saying and you know needy hears this and is obviously like disgusted <laughs> and she goes up to them and she's like hey that's my best friend you're talking about and she is a virgin which beats is sleeping with creeps like you which is like oh needy you stupid dumb bitch which is like it's such like a, a sad like little naive thing that she said and like her voice is cracking she's obviously like Ooh, like she, she thought she was saying the right thing but it obviously was not especially in this situation um poor poor dumb little needy um but anyway so this is when the band is gonna start playing so get ready to drink because of course they're playing you know their one song through the trees oh and um when uh jennifer hears that like these guys were talking about her being a virgin she's just like offended because she's like i'm not even a backdoor virgin thanks to crisp rat over here and by the way that hurts i couldn't even go to flags the next day i had to sit on a bag of frozen peas which again flags not cheer and i also want to say something about like all the problematic shit that jennifer says in the movie <clears throat> 
obviously wouldn't endorse any of it. And it's not even a thing where it's like, oh, this was like 2009. People got away with more stuff back then. It's like, that's not the thing. Like, if you can't like understand the fact that like, this is a problematic teenage girl. Like, this is how bitchy teenagers talked, especially in 2009. They say things that they know are problematic. They say things that they know are offensive because they want to be edgy and they want to be cool. And because, you know, Jennifer is not a person who really cares about anyone but herself. So it's like, if there's any, like, criticism about this movie, which I think happens a lot these days online, on Twitter, and on TikTok, it's like, you look at media from, like, 10 or 20 years ago, even, and you're like, this is problematic because of this. But, like, half the time, it's something that is addressed in the narrative of, like, the movie or TV show that they're talking about. And it's like... No, like they address that. <laughs> like it's like no one is endorsing that being like this is what a normal person normally can say and it's totally fine. It's like no, like Jennifer is 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 the villain and spoiler alert they kill her. <laughs> like no one is is cool with any of the things she's saying and also she's like not running for office. She's literally a teenage girl. Um so I just have to say that about that. So as the band is playing, um, fire starts to catch in the bar. Um, can't really tell how or why if it's like demons being summoned or if it's like electrical type situation. But either way, the lead singer with his band has like a good view of it happening and just kind of like carries on as if it's not until like it's so far gone that people are running for their lives and like stampeding and like people are getting like caught under like beams and shit and so like needy and jennifer go to the bathroom and climb out the window above the bathroom and they get out and before they know it fucking adam brody is like right there standing above them um drinking out of like this crystal like whiskey glass um and it's like Adam Brody's character is so chilling because he is very creepy, but also funny, like almost laugh out loud funny. Like the way he's standing in front of this bar as it's burning down and he's like continuing to hit on these high school girls who are just terrified. And he like does a double take behind him because there's like an explosion. And it's just, it's, it's just, it's just good. It's just good the way he does it I don't know he he does it just perfectly but um anyway he's like crouching down talking to Jennifer and she's like in shock and he like gives her some of his drink and she like starts chugging it and Needy is very much just like trying to get her to snap out of it she's like look we have a car let's just go and but you know the band or the band member you know what's his name I don't know his fucking name the band member he's like I think we should get to my van and Jennifer's like yeah okay yeah great idea let's go check out your really cool van like she's like hypnotized or something um and so he leads her to the van and Needy is like still pleading with her trying to get her to just come with her and leave um but she won't go and so she sees like the door of this van shut and she sees Jennifer look kind of afraid um, and then Adam Brody is just standing there with this smug fucking grin on his face. And then he just shrugs his shoulders like, well, oh, well, we got her. Um, and then goes and gets in the car and Needy is just standing there like, holy fucking shit. Like, what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> like, this is obviously so bad. Um, and you know, then there's like a, the bar is burning down right behind her. It's so weird. Um, and then there's like a weird break in the tone where she's like, which from <laughs> what I briefly read of the script uh, minutes ago, she does make a lot of these like 
weird metaphors throughout, but they, they not a lot of them were left in the final cut of the movie, it seems. And this one where uh, she describes Adam Brody's character as being like tall and skinny and twisted, like this old petrified tree she saw as a child. And then it's like a flashback to her, like as a child, just staring up at this tree. And it's like, I don't think we needed that. I don't think we needed a break from all this terror in order to be further creeped out. Like I was, I was there. He's creepy. I get it. (laughs) You know? So that's like the, that's like my biggest complaint of the whole movie is this weird like tree moment. I'm like, okay, I guess that child actor deserves her pay. (laughs) I don't know. So Needy gets home and she immediately calls Chip and wakes him up and says that like, Neat, or she says that Jennifer was taken and also that Melody Lane burned down and you know he's like oh my god are you okay and she's like Jennifer is out there with these guys in this band and like in their spooky ass van like we need to go find her and she he's like do you know the make and model and she's like of course not and it's like okay well that's <laughs> that is a little important um but yeah and he's kind of just like you just need to like try to not worry about it like people just like burden to death like that's that's more important right now and then like she hears a knock at the door or she hears something you know um and apparently like her mom is working the night shift and so she keeps chip on the phone and she goes out her front door to check it out but she doesn't see anything but we definitely see something move behind her um so she ends the call and she goes inside and starts to go upstairs and then hears something in the kitchen and so she goes to the kitchen and Jennifer's in there and like even though um she looks like death like she's covered in blood and it's like so so creepy um Needy is still like hi with hearts in her eyes um and Jennifer just like stares at her and then just like slowly smiles and she's just got like blood coming out of her mouth and her nose and it's really dark so we can't really tell like everything that's going on but it's gross then she just quickly turns around goes into the fridge and starts tearing up this fucking rotisserie chicken and needy is like uh my mom got that from boston market and i'm really not supposed to eat it and jennifer is just like (laughs) she just growls like a monster and then she throws up like a lot and it's just this like this just like tar black like it's just black tar and she throws it up and then like on the floor we see it like spike up in places like something spiky like moves through it like it's it's so weird um and needy is just like mouth open she's just like what the fuck um and then she just like goes to the to get her cell phone and Jennifer follows her and just like pushes her up against the wall just like before and she holds her against the wall and she gets up in her ear and she's like are you scared and Needy nods and she's like crying and uh Jennifer just like throws her off and then just like runs out the front door um and so now we are at the crime scene of Melody Lane and people are just like picking through the hard remnants of this of this bar so next day at school we see teacher played by jk simmons who inexplicably has a um like a false hand like a hook type hand on one of his hands um and jk simmons is in this and also johnny simmons is in this johnny simmons is who plays the um uh chip the boyfriend are they related do we know nope it says children Joe Simmons and Olivia Simmons. 
um, relative David Simmons, who is the only person with an IMDb credit, but still it's, it's nothing. Um, okay. <laughs> Mystery solved, I guess. Not really. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and Needy is in class and she's just like zoning out. She's trying to like come to terms with what happened to her last night, um, with the fire and with Jennifer. Um, and she has, there's this little flashback of her and Jennifer, like in the sandbox when they were little and <clears throat> Jennifer is making, uh, Needy play with the ugly Barbie doll because, you know, Jennifer always has to be the pretty Barbie doll. Um, and you know, Needy like confronts her about this and she immediately like gets a tack in her hand. Like, how, like how is there a tack in this little children's like sandbox? It's crazy. That's horribly dangerous. Um, and Needy like takes the tack out of her hand and then like sucks on her hand, which is, uh, odd. I don't think children do that shit. Um, but little Jennifer is like, don't tell my mom on me. She's going to make me get a shot. And Needy is like, I never tell on you. And so then we fade back in and uh, Jennifer is there and she's hot and gorgeous and glossy and beautiful and just looking like, you know, the 10 out of 10 best she ever best she ever been. Um, and she's like, what's up? And Needy is like, oh, my God, you're OK. And she's like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? And Needy is like the fire like it's on like national news like it was like a huge deal um and like a bunch of people died and she was like anyone we know and needy's like we know everyone like this is a tiny town we literally know everyone that died um and jennifer is just like sucks to be them i guess and it's just like applying her lip gloss and needy is like oh fuck and then she's like thinking to herself like I know I'm not crazy like I remember like wiping up her gunk that she threw up all over my kitchen floor and she shows her her nails which are like grimy and covered in like gunk and Jennifer's like ew you look gross <laughs> um and then JK Simmons is like talking to the class and he's just like you know we lost this person and we lost like you know the foreign exchange student and we lost prof our teacher Erickson and Jennifer's like tickled to know that this uh, Erickson woman died. Um, and, you know, Needy is just like horrified at her and, you know, disgusted at her. Um, and she, after class, she goes out to meet her boyfriend and everyone's just like grieving and it's just really weird and dark. And she's like, I, I need to tell you something. Like last night when, you know, I thought someone was at my house, like it was Jennifer and she threw up this like disgusting black shit and it was so freaky and he was like well you know probably just like smoke or whatever and she's like no it like looked evil and chip was like okay maybe you want to talk to the school shrink and she's like i don't tell whoppers and i'm not crazy <laughs> which like tell whoppers what who talks like that um and he's like yeah no i'm not accusing you of anything but it's like something traumatic happened and if you're feeling some type of way about it like you should talk to someone um and as they're talking about this who shows up but freaking kyle galner colin gray played by horror icon kyle galner i love this little man he is so brilliantly talented i loved him in red state um and countless other things um, but he is total emo boy, jet black hair, eyeliner, nail polish, um, accessories, outfit, the whole jam. And he's just like hunched over and he's just like so weird. Oh, I just love him. And he shows up and he's like, needy. I heard you were there last night in the fiery trenches. 
And she's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm glad you didn't die. Um, and it's it's very sweet, but it's like, he's he's a little weird. And the boyfriend is like, since when are you friends with Colin Gray? And she's like, you know, he's in my creative writing class. Like, he's really good. And the boyfriend's like, obviously, obviously a little jealous. He's like, you know, I can be like dark and mysterious too. And she's like, oh yeah, I know, you know walk me home and they're they're just so cute and then we hear this super dope screamo song called sacred heart by it dies today as we like quickly like zoom across this football field and you know the camera is zooming across this football field zooming into this uh football player and he's just kind of standing there stoic like he's sad he's grieving his he's having his own little moment and from like we see like jennifer walking slowly towards him until suddenly she's just standing right next to him so jennifer starts talking to this football player and she's like like she's like are you crying about craig and he's like yeah and she's like you know i was probably the last person to ever talk to him and you know he told me that he thought we would make a really banging couple and he's like uh really and she's like yeah why don't you follow me and she just leads him into the woods and she's wearing one of those like short sleeve zip up hoodies um and this like little mini skirt nothing underneath by the way um so they're like making out in the woods and um she starts like putting the moves on him she rips open his jersey she starts like going into his pants and uh then she's like do you miss craig and he's like um yeah of course (laughs) and she's like well you're gonna see your buddy again real soon um and he's like what like in heaven and she's like nope and then she she like pushes him up against a tree and then she like slowly walks towards him and her mouth like unhinges and like all her teeth get like insanely sharp and she just like goes in for his neck and then we just see jk simmons out in the parking lot just like getting his stuff together to leave and he hears this like screaming and he's like oh let it out kids and then he's like wait no that actually sounds uh bad (laughs) Um, and next we see Needy in her kitchen. She's making like a fried bologna sandwich and she has a pet ferret, which I absolutely love. Anyone who knows me knows that I've always wanted a pet ferret. And that might be one of the reasons that this is my favorite movie. I just think that's a really nice touch. But while she's making a sandwich, she's listening to the radio and low shoulder is absolutely just capitalizing off of this tragedy and, you know, still calling Devil's Kettle, Devil's Lake, being just absolute douchebags. Um, and then her mom wakes up and her mom is Amy fucking Sedaris. Are you kidding? So Amy Sedaris wanders into the kitchen. She's like sleepy. You know, she works nights. So she was like sleeping during the day. And she said she had a night terror where um, Needy, her daughter, was apparently uh, these people were trying to like nail her to a tree. And she says, just like JC. And then she does like a like a sign of the cross on herself. Um, And she's like, but I didn't let him get you because I'm a, a good mom. And, you know, Needy's like, I can take care of myself. And the mom's like, oh, well, you think that, but there's going to be a time where you're crying out for me and I'm not going to be there. And it's like, that literally already happened. (laughs) That happened like two nights ago, woman. Um, So what are you talking about? And I, I just think it is very funny. Like her mom's a cop, but it's just like absolutely not helpful at all in when it comes to like protecting her daughter from like things that are dangerous. It's like, oh, your job to like serve and protect is actually just leaving your kid vulnerable but 
anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, so J.K. Simmons is like wandering through the forest and he finds this poor guy's just like devoured corpse. Um, and it's just gross. But I forgot, I did want to say that it's interesting the way that the mom talks about like saying she saw like her daughter being nailed up on a cross like Jesus. Because like in the beginning of the movie, Needy is talking about like getting all this fan mail. And a lot of it is from people who like want to like uh, convert her and like tell her to accept Jesus Christ into her heart. And she's like, I say the words, but nothing ever changes. You know, no one ever gets off the cross. And I just think that that's really interesting because you know the movie very much suggests the existence of like the devil like the devil and hell and demons and succubuses but not really god at all um so it's interesting to see like one exist without really the presence of the other like aside from like the mom saying this thing and like that quip in the beginning like there's not really anything like religious about the movie and because I don't think like religion would be able to like solve the situation at all like I think the lore is like past that um but I don't know I I think it's interesting and I still don't even like fully know what to make of that like is that kind of saying that like needy eventually becomes like the savior because I mean the way things come around in the end I guess you could like call her that but um I don't know I don't know I'm still not sure what to make of that um or if I should be making anything of it I don't know and so we see um that that football player's body being like taken out of the woods on a gurney and his parents being there just like absolutely like sobbing losing their shit just absolutely devastated and the song celestial crown by the sword comes on and then we just see jennifer just like very slowly like swimming through the lake and like wringing out her hair and as she's like standing on the dock you can see just like steam emanating off of her body Ugh, it's it is amazing honestly <laughs> so Jennifer's at home and she's like totally feeling herself in the mirror you know she's wearing these like hot pink sweatpants and this like t- uh, this like tight white v-neck t-shirt you know and she she calls up needy because she's feeling good and she's like I feel so scrumptious she's just having the best day of her life and needy is like yeah I'm you know kind of down because of you know all the people that died and Jennifer's just like get over it girl there's so much to live for <laughs> um and then Needy gets another call and Jennifer's like, blow it off. And she's like, I'll just be a minute. <laughs> it's like, damn, who is Needy now, Jennifer? Um, and it's Chip. And so then Needy tells Jennifer she has to go. And Jennifer at this point is like staring at herself in the mirror, like with the lighter to her tongue, right? She's like burning off the tip of her tongue and then watching it grow back. And she's like, I am a god. And Needy is like, okay, I got to go. Um, and then Jennifer, you know, just to just to be a bitch is like so um chip is looking like super cute to me lately like what's the story with his dick and she's like yeah i gotta go goodbye (laughs) and so she goes to meet chip uh at the park near his house so when needy meets chip at the park he tells her the news of uh the guy that got ripped limb from limb in the woods right behind the school um and needy is immediately like that cannot be a coincidence like too much weird shit is happening um but chip is you know of course skeptical um and then like we're back at school and needy is like 
you know, everyone was having a hard time moving on. Like there was a dark cloud over everyone. Well, like almost everyone. And, you know, here comes Jennifer strutting through the hallways, wearing pink, glossed up, like just absolutely stunning. And she's like, I am eating boys and I am getting the fuck away with it, you know, and it's making her skin glow. So, you know, more power to her. So Needy is talking about how, like, now that this has happened, like, Everyone in the country knows even more about their little small town. And it's she says that like everyone got a huge tragedy boner for Devil's Kettle, which I totally love that term. Um, And like Low Shoulder, that band that had been playing at the bar, the evil ones, they've like made themselves like the official ambassadors of the event. And, you know, they say that they're going to donate like three percent of their proceeds from the single uh, to help the victims and the families or whatever. And, you know, everyone like the teacher included like everyone in class is like praising them and needy is like they're like exploitative and scummy like they're totally just like taking advantage of the situation and they didn't help anyone out of the fire like if anything they made things worse and the girl from earlier who called her a lesbian is like you don't know what you're talking about we need them now more than ever and she's like wearing their t-shirt you know she's like a she's like a little twitter stan um and by the way, this is uh, she's played by Valerie Tian, who was um, Su Chin from Juno, you know, the like anti-abortion activist with the sign. It's that actress. Right. Um, and meanwhile, Jennifer is like sitting in class, but she's like basically invisible because she's just like obviously doesn't want to be there. She looks like tired and gross again. And um, it's, she's just like not doing well. Someone is singing outside my apartment right now. And while I love that they love life, I really wish that they wouldn't do that. But that does remind me. Um, yesterday, I was woken up because someone was honking and I went to the bathroom. And by the time I was done peeing, they still hadn't stopped honking. So I literally <laughs> ran outside my apartment. I like tore into the streets wearing my slippers. I'm like, who's doing it? Like, I swear, I've never done anything. Like, this is the most New York thing I've ever done in my entire life. I was like, where's the honking coming from? And I found it. And it was a guy who was like partially blocked in by someone. And he was just looking at me with the dopiest little face and he kept honking. But I just like sat on my stoop and stared at him um, until he felt guilty enough to stop. Um, And then I went back inside and he honked a couple times more. But I was able to like sleep for another four hours after that. But I was like so enraged. Like do not wake me up with your fucking car horn I'll you know I the thing is is I didn't have enough balls to actually like go up to the guy's window but that's what I wanted to do I wanted to go up and be like hey so what are we doing like what are you hoping to accomplish here someone blocked you in maybe like go into the apartment building and just start yelling because that's about as effective as what you're doing right now and like I'm just (laughs) like you've woken me and I just I was not I was not having it but anyway back to the movie (laughs) Um, Needy mentions she's like "Uh, I'm already just so sick of that song and Jennifer like this is one of my favorite lines of hers she's like yeah it's really poorly produced like could the bass be any lower in the mix like that is such an insightful comment girl like even though you're having the worst day you still have very well-rounded musical opinions and you know no one gives you credit for how smart you are Um, but anyway Needy is like no offense but are you okay you look really tired um and she's like yeah you know I'm I'm not feeling too great like my hair is dull and lifeless like my skin is gross and needy is like are you sure you're not PMSing and she's like PMS isn't real needy it was invented by the boy run media to make us seem crazy um Jennifer is like it's probably just wearing off or something and needy's like 
what's wearing off. And then we see our friend Colin Gray again. And he's walking with the girls. Um, and he starts to like ask Jennifer out and Jennifer is just like very much not into it. And it's, she's just like, get on, get on with the pitch. And he's like, do you want to go see Rocky Horror? You know, a screening of Rocky Horror. And she's like, I don't like boxing movies, (laughs) which is hilarious. Um, and then he's just like pretty discouraged and he leaves. Um, but Needy's like, you know, Colin's really nice. Like, I, I think he's a cool guy. Um, and Jennifer's like, oh, you do? And so she goes up to Colin and she's like, hey, why don't you just like come to my place tonight? Like, I'll text you the address. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Um, and then we see Needy and um, Chip and they decide that they're going to hang out after school. And Chip is like, I went to Super Target and got more condoms. <laughs> and it's it's adorable. Um, but then we see them at uh at his place you know they're fooling around getting cozy with each other and meanwhile Colin Gray is driving and he's he's uh screaming along to a cover of I Can See Clearly Now by Screeching Weasel um and going to meet Jennifer at her alleged house so when Colin arrives at this address and the house is like half under construction like totally not livable um, probably dangerous to even be inside. He's like quickly realizing like, oh, this is not her house. Um, and so the death scene of Colin gets like interspersed uh, with like Needy and Chip's sex scene, right? So we go back and forth between this like awkward but endearing couple having just like vanilla child sex, right? <laughs> to, you know, the uh, Colin like dying viciously and brutally, you know, Jennifer, like, breaking his arm and saying, um, I need you frightened, and then saying, I need you hopeless, um, and then just, like, tearing into his fucking torso, just, like, absolutely ripping him to shreds, um, but while this is happening, Needy, like, gets a sense that it's happening, like, above her she sees what she thinks is like blood dripping through the ceiling and then like from across the room she sees uh the football player like sitting in a chair but like zombie version of himself and like Jennifer like crouched on his shoulder like a fucking frog um just like smiling super creepy like and she starts to like freak out a little bit but like the noises she's making her boyfriend just thinks she's just like having a good time it's so uncomfortable to watch um but um you know by the end of it she's just like freaking out she's just like panting and she's just like stop and she just like can't breathe and she's just like it's like she knows what's happening to Colin um but like she doesn't know like why she knows it like you know there's these two have a connection to each other um and you know they both wear these um these like gold BFF lockets, right? And so like, even when they're like hooking up with people and, you know, getting naked, they're still wearing these like very ornamental necklaces that are like for each other. You know, it's like, it's like they're so enmeshed with each other um, in a way that's like obviously toxically codependent, right? Um, But um, Yeah, you know, Jennifer is just, like, tearing into Colin's body. She's just, like, lifting her head back like she's Ariel, like, coming out of the salty sea. Um, And then we see her just, like, 
like dipping her hands into like the pools of blood and then just like lapping it up like a dog. Oh, it's so gross. Oh, and as she's drinking this blood, we see that Colin was like holding a rosary, but you know, couldn't save him. Needy rushes to get in her car. I don't know where she's like planning on going, but as soon as she gets in the car, that fucking Through the Trees song comes on the radio and she just like screams and turns it off. And she's like driving through her neighborhood and eventually just like sees Jennifer like standing in the middle of the road like a fucking deer in the headlights. She literally comes out of the woods like hunched over, like looking like a deer. And so Needy like swerves. And then like before she knows it's <laughs> before she knows it, Jennifer's like on top of the car, you know? Needy drives away, gets home, leaves Jennifer in the dust, you know, comes home screaming for mom, you know, like she said she would, you know, she's literally screaming out for her mom and she's not going to be there. Um, And which, yeah, I guess this is where she was going. She was just going home because she was at Chip's house before. Right. So Needy just she lays on the couch and she dreams about Jennifer and she dreams about all the weird shit that's happened since, you know, Jennifer got into that van. Um. And then she wakes up and then she goes upstairs to like crawl into her bed and <laughs> she she crawls in there and a second later Jennifer is just like, hi. And I wanted to mention, because I hadn't mentioned it before, but uh, Jennifer's nails in the entire movie, she's got like all black with one pink nail um, on each hand or it might be all pink with one black, but I'm not sure. But, and I don't know when exactly that became trendy. Like this came out in 2009 but I know that like before it was like mainstream trendy and I mean now everyone's doing whatever to their nails. It's like it doesn't really mean anything, but it definitely used to be like a, a method of like queer flagging. So I just wanted to point that out because I, I like that a lot. But for those who know, you know that this is the scene where they make out. Right. So um, Jennifer's just there and Needy turns the lights on and Needy is freaked out. But Jennifer is just like calm cool and collected and is just like looking at needy and needy just like gets all soft and vulnerable and jennifer and then needy is like is that my evil dead t-shirt and jennifer doesn't even say anything and they just start kissing and they make out for like a minute and then needy like snaps too and she's like no what the fuck is like going on because like i saw you out there like on my fucking car like i'm not crazy you know um and jennifer you know like makes fun of her and needy is like why are you here and jennifer's just like you know i you know want to explain some things to you oh but one thing is that like needy is like i'm gonna call the cops and jennifer says oh why don't you narc me out i've got the i've got the cops in my back pocket i'm fucking a cadet which it's like First of all, I don't think fucking a cadet gives you, like, the um, immunity from authority that you think it does. Second of all, Needy's mom is a cop. So I don't understand why Jennifer thinks she would have the upper hand in this situation. But um, it is also kind of like one of those things where it's like you don't want to rat out your friend to your mom because your mom is never going to forget that shit. Um, But anyway, I digress. So, but then Jennifer goes on to explain what happened the night of the fire. She says that she was really messed up and the guys from the band were like super evil, evil, (laughs) they were super evil. Um, And she's like in their van and she sees all these like occult and witchcraft books are like, you know, around her. And she's like, are you guys rapists? Um, 
and one of the guys is like are you even sure she's a virgin um and she's like she makes the same fucking mistake that needy did she's like yes yeah i'm a virgin yeah uh totally and you you should like find someone who like knows how to do sex and it's like obviously these guys are like demons who need to sacrifice a virgin but even like outside of that like they the naivete of thinking that like rapists want sex and not like a like a weird disgusting like power imbalance um but anyway I digress again because she like but I just think it's funny that like her and needy like thought the same when they were like trying to protect themselves they're like oh yeah yeah I'm a virgin (laughs) it's like no you stupid bitch that's what they want you to say (laughs) but anyway they take her all the way out to to the falls to devil's cuddle um and they like tie her up and they tie her to this rock and they start like doing this ritual um and they like have a like a gag on her mouth and she's just like crying at this point like honestly like Megan Megan Fox's performance here is amazing and you know like for me the like like my my favorite like horror movie ladies are girls that can like cry in a really believable way and it's like the thing is is she's telling this story from the very detached perspective of like yeah these guys were like totally evil like they took me out to the woods and they tied me up and they put a handkerchief in my mouth and then they stabbed me they like totally went Hanna on my ass with that knife so like that's the way she's talking and like that's her tone but like when we like see her like as she's acting back then she's like bawling like it's so like it is so sad like she looks like absolutely like like she's like uh, what's the word she's like heaving and screaming like it's just it's so good like she's she's really giving it her all um but as they start to sacrifice her they ask her her name and she's like crying and she's like my name is jennifer and so then as he's about to like stab her he like lifts up the knife and then he's like wait a minute and then he starts singing eight six seven five three oh nine aka jenny and then like his bandmates join in and they sing this song and then he like brings the knife down and stabs her so it's like it's like this totally dark and fucked up moment but again and it's like I don't know if you cast anyone else if they would have been able to pull it off the way that Adam Brody pulled it off right here but the way he was like no wait I'm gonna like bring in some comic relief right here and it's like it's so fucked up because it's like you don't even want the comic relief there but it's just it it just makes it just that much more fucked up in a way and then you see these guys like kill her and they stab her like a fucking bunch and then they throw the knife into the the waterfall and then she says that she doesn't know what happened but she woke up and she found her way to you or found her way to needy talk about an invisible string am i right oh but i have to mention the motivations right like these guys aren't just like garden variety satanists no they're very new to it and they're there's the reason they want to sacrifice a virgin is because they're an indie band and the only way that they could possibly be successful in the climate of 2009 is by you know making a bid to the devil um and as he's like his bandmate like kind of wants to back out and he's like do you want to work at a coffee shop forever or do you want to be cool like that guy from maroon five which i think is so funny because at the time maroon five was so cool and now everyone hates maroon five and also everyone knows that adam levine is a cringy disgusting pervert who probably sacrifices virgins in the woods for all i know you know 
how else could you account for his fame? How else could you explain songs about Jane and everything that would follow after that? Anyway. Oh, and another thing. <laughs> he's using a Bowie knife. And his friend is like, that's a cool murder weapon, bro. And he's like, thanks, it's a Bowie knife. And the guy is like, Bowie. Nice. <laughs> Jennifer is talking about how, yeah, like she should have died, but she woke up and she found her way to Needy's house and she was like, I couldn't bring myself to hurt you, you know, like I'm a really good friend, but I was just like really hungry. And so then she was walking home and she sees Ahmet, the uh, the exchange student. And she, when she realizes that like no one knows that he's alive because, he, you know, we think he died in the fire, she like takes him into the woods. Um and so she's talking to Needy and she's like, and when I'm full, I'm just like unkillable. And she like shows her how like she can like, like stab her arm and it just like heals right back up. Um, <clears throat> and Needy is like, okay, but like, what do you mean when you're full? And Jennifer is like irritated. She's like, she's thinking like, I'm not going to like tell you what I'm doing. If you can't like pick up on the hints, then like, we're not going to like talk about this, <laughs> I guess. Um, and so she starts to like gaslight needy and she's like, maybe you should like talk to someone about these disturbing thoughts that you're having. Like, I think Chip might be like having second thoughts about you. And, you know, needy is just like, get out of my house. And Jennifer is like, come on, let me stay the night. We can play boyfriend, girlfriend like we used to. And Needy just, like, looks horrified. And she's like, no, like, get the fuck out. And Jennifer just, like, hops right out the window. So then we see Needy at Colin Gray's funeral. And she figures this is going to keep happening because obviously it will. Um, and so she starts to do some occult research um, at the school library. <laughs> um, and she discovers that, like, Apparently, when you try to sacrifice a demon to Satan, but uh, the subject, like, isn't actually a virgin, you can instead create this, like, succubus-type situation that Jennifer is now in, right? Um, and she is, like, becoming very withdrawn and, like, scared, of course. Um, and Chip is, like, you know, wanting to take her to the formal. And for some reason, she just thinks that it isn't a good idea First of all, she doesn't think it's a good idea for them to be, like, seeing each other, which, you know, makes sense because Jennifer has obviously, like, set her sights on Chip and had only set her sights on Colin because, like, Needy was, like, kind of interested in him or so she thought. Um, and so it's, like, obviously, yeah, it is dangerous for Chip right now. But also it's, like, she's, like, you shouldn't go to the dance at all. And also, like, we definitely can't go together. Um, and it's, like, I don't know why the school dance would be, like, particularly dangerous um but you know that's her line of thinking at this point I guess um but she's you know Chip is like why are you breaking up with me and she's like just like can you just chill out for right now <laughs> but you know of course he just like doesn't get it you know and she tries to explain the succubus stuff and he's just like look I don't think you're crazy I just don't like believe this is right you know um but you know obviously needy feels very uh, upset about that so after this kind of dramatic little breakup scene they have um we hear kiss with a fist by uh florence and the machine absolutely great tune um it was also used in the uh christmas fight scene in season one of community i don't know if you remember that but i surely do um so now like the kids are all just like getting ready for the dance um and i don't know why they do this to needy 
like I guess it's just a visual gag like I guess it's just funny but because it's like she's so detached and it's like she's only going to the dance to like keep an eye on Jennifer or whatever but she wears like this shiny pink you know prom dress with the giant poofy sleeves and it's like a drop waist and it's just unflattering and her hair is just permed to the nines and I just like I guess she just like let her mom like totally just like get her ready and just like didn't care I mean that's the vibes it gives off but it's so it's so appalling to see it's such an assault on the eyes and even Jennifer's outfit like she's supposed to be the hot girl and she looks weird like she looks like the weird girl she's wearing a white dress with black lace and white gloves like no one was wearing gloves in 2009 like by that point that was not a thing and this like black necklace and it's just it's just all wrong chip is even wearing this like scarf with his uh tux it's just so funny and we hear my favorite song from the soundtrack which is also my favorite song by one band known as panic at the disco new perspective uh a soundtrack original and we just hear it like faintly um on the radio in the background of chip's room while he's like flexing in the mirror getting ready for the dance and his mom like brings in a pepper spray for him and he's like mom i don't need it like i've been working out on the bowflex and she's like these boys have been like ripped to shreds take the fucking pepper spray you weirdo (laughs) like you obviously just like take the pepper spray um and he does but it's like scary can you imagine having a son at this time terrifying we also get this iconic scene of jennifer looking in the mirror and like she's combing her hair and her hair is falling out and like next to the mirror is a photo of her just looking absolutely stunning and perfect you know to stand in stark contrast to how she looks now which is just like tired and she's just like putting like globs of like foundation on her skin to like try and make herself look better but she's obviously like getting weaker and getting hungry Before Chip makes it to the dance, he's like walking through a very spooky, foggy, open field. And of course, like Jennifer rushes up behind him. And then before you know it, she's like right in front of him. And she's like, didn't you hear me calling your name? And he's like, you weren't. And she's like, yes, I was. And she's wearing this weird frilly shawl thing. Like it's hideous. Like I I don't know what the gag is with these like dance outfits. They're just awful. But I, I, it's funny. I think, I guess, I guess I do get the gag because it's funny, but it's like, I don't know. Is it supposed to be a gag or was it just like bad costuming? Because it really, the costuming in the rest of the movie seems like on par with, you know, what I'd expect teenage girls in like these respective like roles to look like, I guess in 2009. But the dance outfits are a little jarring, a little jarring indeed. So when Jennifer gets to gets to Chip, she's like, we need to talk about Needy. Meanwhile, Needy is at the dance and uh, J.K. Simmons is up on stage announcing Low Shoulder because they're there to play, of course. And so drink again because we're hearing the song through the trees. Um, Jennifer is talking to Chip and she's just like, I don't want to say this, but like, you know how Needy has been so sad since Colin Gray died? Well, it's because, you know, they were hooking up like she was cheating on you. And Chip is like, no, I, I don't believe that. And Jennifer is like, yeah, like it's happening. Like, why would I, you know, why would I lie to you? <laughs> um, and then Needy is there watching the band. But at some point she gets a bad feeling and <laughs> runs away to find Chip and Jennifer. 
And of course she's right because, you know, Jennifer has immediately put the moves on Chip and they're making out. And at one point she's like, say I'm better than needy. And Chip is like, uh, no, why? And, you know, needy is just like running through the street. But, you know, she's put on a sweater. So I'm really glad she had the presence of mind to, to not be too cold. I appreciate seeing that. So Jennifer is leading Chip into this like abandoned pool. Like it still has water in it, but there's like you know, growth and like branches and shit all in it. And it's like graffiti everywhere. It's just old and gross. Like, you know, no one's been in there for a while. But, um, you know, she's just like flirting with him, you know, trying to trying to put the moves on him. Right. And Needy is just like she's able to find them like she's running in the general direction. And then she like hears screaming. And so she starts like running towards this this like pool. Um, it's like indoor it's like in this like building maybe it's like an old abandoned school or rec center I don't really know Um, but when Needy gets there she she sees Jennifer and Chip in the pool and (laughs) Jennifer turns around and she gnashes those like sharp crazy teeth and that like unhinged jaw and like Chip has like you know is like neck is all wounded and shit and she like turns to Needy and she screams and then she just goes back into just like feasting on his neck so Needy immediately jumps in the pool to like get get her off of him and um she like she like goes to protect him and like Jennifer swims to the other side of the pool but then we see her like swimming at them like a shark and when she like pops up needy like sprays her with the pepper spray and you know this obviously pisses her off and then jennifer like lifts out of the water and then she's like hovering like five feet above the water and chip is like sitting here like half dead he's like she can fly and you know then of course we have the best dialogue in the whole movie and i'm pretty sure i can remember all of it so i will so <laughs> i will recite it for you now um needy's like she's just hovering it's not that impressive god you do you have to undermine everything that i do you are such a player hater and then needy says you're a jerk and jennifer says nice insult hannah montana got any more harsh digs which i have to say it's always Hannah Montana. It's always this like fictional country girl with blonde hair that people like compare, which like Hannah Montana was like a little sassy. I feel like I have this conspiracy theory that in all of these uh, places where someone uses like Hannah Montana as an insult for someone being like blonde and, and naive, um, they that the line was originally Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift's PR is so good that they like don't let them talk about her like in that way. And so it always ends up being Hannah Montana. But Taylor Swift would make so much more sense as a dig there. But I don't know. Let me know. Like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Because it's like they're kind of the they're the same character. Like Hannah Montana is just like a fictionalized version of Taylor Swift, essentially. But Taylor Swift is much more an embodiment, especially at that time of that just like innocence and coyness or whatever. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Needy says, you were never a good friend. Even when we were little, you used to like steal my clothes and ruin my shit. And Jennifer was like, yeah, and now I'm eating your boyfriend. See, at least I'm consistent. And Needy is like, why do you need him? Like, you could have anybody you want. Like, um, is it? are you just doing this to piss me off? Or is it just because you're so insecure? And Jennifer says, I'm not insecure, Needy. God, that's a joke. How could I ever be insecure? I was the snowflake queen. And Needy says, yeah, two years ago when you were socially relevant. And Jennifer says, I am still socially relevant. 
And Needy says, and when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs> no, that's actually so sad. <laughs> um, and Jennifer says, I'm going to eat your soul and shit it out, needy less Nikki. And Needy says, I thought you only ate boys. And Jennifer says, I go both ways. And so right after that, Jennifer starts like walking towards her and Needy like stabs her with this sharp end of like a pool skimmer. And then, of course, Jennifer delivers the line, uh, got a tampon. <laughs> Needy says no. And she says, thought I'd ask. He seemed like you might be plugging. Which, you know, just one last dig before she... Wait, I misspoke. It wasn't Needy that stabbed her with the pool skimmer. It was Chip. He was, like, lying on the floor, like, seemingly dead. But he comes out, like, at the last second to, like, get her right right in the gut. So Jennifer crawls out the window once again. And Needy is just left with Chip. And she's trying to call for help. But, of course, the phone's not working. And Chip is just like, listen, I'm like dying. And it's really sad. And his death scene is just like really sweet. Like they say their goodbyes. And it's just, it's, it's very endearing. But you know, after this, Needy's got some fucking ass to kick. So she shows up. <clears throat> she shows up as we saw her at the beginning of the movie in Jennifer's window. So Needy comes literally crashing through Jennifer's bedroom window and immediately like swings something at her, misses, and you know, they're tussling. And um, I take it back. I think this is actually the best dialogue of the movie. But you know, these two girls, they're just hilarious with each other. Uh, Needy has a box cutter and she says, you know what this is for? It's for cutting boxes. <laughs> And Jennifer says, do you get all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you're butch. <laughs> and then Jennifer, like, bites Needy on the neck. Real good. Licks her lips. And then um, Needy, like, takes the box cutter and, like, slices an X, like, across, like, Jen's, like, midsection. And is like, cross out Jennifer. Which is, like, you know, something that Jennifer said about Needy earlier in the movie. And at this point, Jennifer's like, fuck no. <laughs> and she just, like, immediately, like, starts hovering. And now the two are, like, in the air, fighting back and forth. And at one point, like, they're, like, in slow-mo. And then Needy, like, yanks the BFF necklace off of Jennifer. And at that point, like, Jennifer just starts, like, falling back onto the bed. And Needy just, like, lands right on top of her and puts the box cutter just, like, right into her chest. After this, Jennifer says, my tit. <laughs> and Needy is like, no, your heart. And then at this point, Jennifer's mom just comes into the room and turns on the light and is like, what the fuck and needy just like yanks the box cutter out and then just like lays on the floor exhausted and the mom is just like just like holding jennifer's body just like sobbing just like oh my god what even happened just now and that of course is why needy has to go to prison <laughs> so we see needy back in solitary confinement and <clears throat> she's like doing a voiceover and she's talking about how like what most occult scholars don't know is that if you get bitten by a demon and live, you just might absorb some of the demon's abilities. And then she breaks the voiceover to say, like, as she's sitting in solitary confinement, just might get lucky for once in your miserable life. And then she starts hovering and she's just like floating with like her legs like crossed like she's at yoga. 
until she gets to like the top of this like tower thing and like kicks the window out and just marches her ass right out of prison okay and so as needy is like making her way making her way downtown walking fast she finds the 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 mouth of the of the of the mysterious waterfall like she's just walking and she sees this like little area of like running water and in it she sees this shiny shiny bowie knife that was you know the weapon used on jennifer and also like some of those like red rubber balls that all those scientists had like dropped into it i thought this detail was a little weird i think it's very strange that like no one could ever find the mouth of this waterfall but like she just like stumbled upon it and the knife was just like right there because at that point like I don't know it just I I just I don't think it needed that and it didn't really make a lot of sense to me but anyway she grabs that knife and then she uh she starts hitchhiking and this old creepy guy like pulls over to uh, give her a ride and she says she's going to Madison. She's following this rock group. And he's like, oh, it must be a hell of a band. And she's like, tonight's going to be their last show. And as they drive away, the song Violet by Hole starts playing. Hole also has a song called Jennifer's Body, by the way. Um, and that's what starts like jamming as soon as like the credits come in. And as the credits come in, we get like short videos and photos that slowly uh, tell the story of Needy going into the band's hotel room and just murdering all of them. And then like walking out of the hotel room past like throngs of like screaming fans. And it's just like her face like in a hoodie, like creepily like looking up at the security camera. But so while this like killing montage is going on, we've got Hole, right? And then it like fades into a cover of In the Flesh by the band that's being murdered on screen. Um, and by the way, that is not Adam Brody's voice. It's someone named Ryan Levine. Of any relation to Adam Levine? I don't know. I don't really care enough to look it up. Um, and then as like the rolling credits start, we get uh, Ready for the Floor by Lissy Trelly. And then we go into Toxic Valentine by All Time Low. What a fucking jam. This movie is so beautiful. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. I couldn't imagine it like more perfect. You know, of course, I could have heard um, New Perspective a little bit longer, but it's okay. You know, I, I can listen to the whole song on my own time. No need to in take any time out of the movie. But um, so I went back and I uh, watched some um, deleted scenes. Um, and in fact, I have to re-record this section because I recorded it last night, but I didn't realize until after like 20 minutes that my microphone was unplugged and I had to unplug my microphone because apparently I can't just like watch YouTube on my computer while my microphone is plugged in because apparently then there's just no way for the audio to go. I don't know. I just, it just, I couldn't hear anything. And so then I unplugged my microphone and then I forgot to plug it back in when I recorded, but I'm back. So let's talk about some of these deleted scenes. I primarily want to talk about the scene in the locker room where Needy like confronts Jennifer. And this is where we get the line, you're killing people. And Jennifer says, no, I'm killing boys. Like we see that memed. I think that audio went viral on TikTok for a while. And it really confused me because I'm like, I really don't think she said that in the movie. And she didn't. It is a deleted scene. And I think that like we could have used like not this scene in particular that I watched because it seemed like poorly produced in a lot of different ways but we did need a scene because this is like right before like right after needy is like studying the occult but like right before she's telling chip that like he shouldn't go to the dance because basically she confronts jennifer and she's like we need to find a cure for this and jennifer's like i don't think this 
as like a burden like this is like a superpower and needy of course is like but you're killing people and she's like no i'm killing boys um needy obviously like (laughs) cared about colin gray and you know didn't want him to be murdered um You know, it's like she could have been a little bit more selective with the boys she was murdering, I think, is, you know, Needy's perspective on the situation. But um, so, yeah, I think that scene would have made a little bit more sense into why, like, do you hear my dog? What what are you talking about? I don't know if she was dreaming, but she just started growling in the funniest little way. She doesn't. And how else do you feel about it? She's like mad at me. What's wrong? She's like, you were recording yesterday. You were recording today. Like, where is all the attention that I want? (laughs) Just staring at me going, okay, one second. Okay, I just played fetch with the Lucy girl and now she's not touching her toy. So I'm hoping that means she is content. Okay, so the other deleted scenes, we have this uh, scene from the very beginning when Needy is like in solitary confinement where she like is seeing um, ghosts or like visions of like the all the boys that were killed by Jennifer throughout the movie. Um, then we have a really long and uncomfortable scene at um, at Colin's funeral. Um, his like emo friends are being really inappropriate and making a scene. And literally they ask his mom like over the casket, like, by the way, did he have a date with Jennifer? We just want to know because like she's gross <laughs> and they're so mean and slut shamey about her like to his mom at the funeral. And then they're like, and so we just want to know, did he have a date with her that night? And then the mom starts monologuing. She's like, you don't understand what my son went through. When I identified his body, he looked like lasagna with teeth, which is something that Chip's mom says later in the movie. And it's like, okay, you can't use that phrase twice. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable and corny. Um, And it was just, it was long and it was overwrought. And I am so glad they deleted it. Like having that scene in there would have changed the entire tone of the movie. I don't even understand why it was there. None of the characters in that scene are elsewhere in the movie, except for Needy, but she's just standing in the background. Um, And then there's a scene where like after the everything with Jennifer in the pool um, and Jennifer climbs out the window. She goes back to the dance, like in her dress, which is all like wet and muddy and torn up and gross. Um, and just like walks to the middle of the dance floor and like watches the band like play their last song. And when they start to go off stage, she's like, what, you're not going to play your hit again. Um, it was, it was fun. It was really fun to see her like detached like that. Cause she's like going insane. Um, I don't know. I think they could have left that in. I think it kind of added, but I guess it it did kind of slow down the pacing because we're getting to like the climax or whatever. But um, there's also a scene where uh, the Chris Bratt finds uh, Chip's body um, and there's like a whole voiceover where she's like they found Chip the following day or they found him the following morning and they didn't even like tell anyone at school till the end of the day because everyone was already so traumatized. (laughs) And uh, then they... um, Oh, and she says that she watched Jennifer and watch uh, until she, like, her energy depleted from eating chip um, and waited for her to get weak before she uh, attacked her again. And I, um, I just think it's interesting that this idea that Needy wouldn't tell anyone about chip, that he had to be, like, found. I mean, I guess, I guess 
I don't know. The way she worded it makes me think that like, oh, you, I mean, yeah, you like left him there to die, but you like really left him there to die. Like you could have like, your phone wasn't working, but you could have called the police when you got home. Like it still would have been like, couldn't have even been midnight. I mean, they were at a school dance. Like it wasn't that late. Um, so I just don't understand why she kind of like let that happen. It's just really sad, especially because in the final cut of the movie, it, it really makes it look like she goes to kill Jennifer. Like, like she goes home, takes off the prom dress, like showers, gets in like a black hoodie and then like goes to do the job. But it makes more sense with this scene because she says she waited for her energy to deplete. And we know when we see Jennifer, she is looking like really rough. And that is something about Jennifer. Like she may like act like she doesn't give a shit and she has no remorse, but she is letting herself get weak and gross before she even feeds. And like, yeah, like in the beginning of the movie, she's just like kind of just figuring out how it works. But like at this point, you know, I feel like she actually does have some remorse about Chip and she misses Needy and it's like she doesn't actually want to kill, but it's like she has to. Um, because like, otherwise she wouldn't be like letting herself get like, you know, sickly. She'd be, she'd be eating like more often than that, you know? Um, so I just thought that was interesting and, um, it kind of goes to this theory that I saw, not even a theory, but just like this thing I saw about uh, the, like the alternate, like uncut or unrated version. And it's only like a five minute difference in the movie, but apparently I think that scene with the boys at the beginning, like with the like ghost visions in the cell, like I think that might be in that version because they say it just adds more to Needy's perspective and maybe gives more credence to the idea that um, that Needy's actually just going insane and maybe this is all in her head. And I think that is a really interesting idea uh, to think about because like you know how I I love a I love a woman going crazy story it's like my favorite genre like the final cut of this movie like you like the thing is that like Jennifer went crazy you know like years ago not even years ago far too recently when everyone is still talking about the Joker and they're like what is the Joker for women it's Jennifer's body it's Jennifer's body absolutely and there might even be like you know there have probably been better ones since then like um promising young young woman which I haven't seen because like I know how it ends and I just don't know if I can take it (laughs) um but yeah you know it's this it's this girl who was taken advantage of (laughs) brutally murdered um and violated and she comes back and she gets her revenge but like she seems to be getting her revenge really indiscriminately and you know, just like the boys that she has access to. And it's like, why didn't she kill Chris Bratt? Why didn't she go after the band originally? Like, on the one hand, I get why she didn't go after the band because like, she was probably scared of them after what they did to her. But um, it was like when she went after Colin Gray, I think that was like the breaking point for Needy. And it's like, it is kind of the most unredeemable thing that Jennifer does because you know we think that Colin is probably a good person and she only did it because she wanted attention from needy or because she really wanted to hurt needy like you know so I think that's interesting but if we're looking at it through the lens of that like Jennifer did go off with the band like the fire happened Jennifer did go off with the band maybe it was a traumatic night but after this needy is the one that becomes unhinged and she starts 
killing you know the football player and then um who after that well well yeah Colin Gray oh and the exchange student and um and then like going on to even kill Chip and then finally killing Jennifer because that's who it was all about in the first place um I don't know it's an interesting idea but then she does break out of uh, you know, prison and go on to kill the band. So it, she obviously does have <laughs> demonic powers, which would suggest that it's not all in her mind. But, you know, I do think maybe they, if they had like told the story in a different way where they added that as more of like a question mark in the plot, it, you know, the ending might've been more uh, exciting, but I don't know. I think just like changing the focus from needy to Jennifer, like I, I do obviously love the way the movie this movie turned out so it's like I don't really have a lot of critiques and I think they um made the right choice in deleting a lot of these scenes so um but have y'all thought about that like have y'all is is Jennifer's body really just like surface level you know uh revenge of a woman who is also like you know (laughs) a vessel for the devil or uh is it deeper than that um yeah I just I love it so much so I could really talk about this all day and I know you've been listening to me forever so um let's let's wrap it up I think I hope you have had or will have a wonderful Friday the 13th I myself was so lucky to score tickets to the Taylor Swift movie at the Angelica on Instagram of all places um and so I will be going to see that I am so excited um I definitely didn't think I was going to be able to see it on Friday because I I didn't even try to get tickets, but I just assumed I wouldn't be able to because I just did um, and wanted to wait a couple days anyway. But then I uh, saw one of these, th- this girl I follow, she was selling two of them for 40 bucks. And I'm like, well, she's not upcharging at all. That's like, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, I'll take them. So I'm going to go see that. But I think after that, um, I'm going to go see Talk to Me um, because uh, according to Trixie and Katia, it was really good. Uh, they apparently really liked that movie. And so it's made me really interested to see it um, because there are a few horror movies out right now. And I don't know, like, I definitely have to go see the new Exorcist at some point. But also, if I'm being honest, like, that's not really my wheelhouse. Like, I'm much more about, like, um, which I guess I just did a whole movie about demonic possession. But it's a, it's, you know, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Um but, you know, it's like the Exorcist's 50th anniversary, so it's it's very exciting. And so, I don't know, maybe that'll be what I do next week. You'll just have to come back and find out. So I hope you have a lovely week and a spooky time and be safe out there. And, um, oh my God, can you believe I started this podcast on a Friday the 13th and here we are on yet another Friday the 13th. Oh my God. If you've been here since the beginning, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. It's so cool. Um, okay. Anyway, bye.